Get ready for the most heartwarming wedding podcast experience you've ever encountered. Picture this, the enchanting world of Scottish weddings come alive right in your ears. We've gathered a star-studded cast of guests to sweep you off your feet. We're talking about dreamy grooms who go above and beyond in their wedding planning escapades, conjuring up the perfect elopements that will make your heart skip a beat. And oh, the bridal designers we'll introduce you to. We're here to hold your hand and keep you on track with your very own wedding checklist. Because lovebirds, timing is everything. Welcome to Let's Talk Weddings with your Scottish wedding. Lights, camera, and wedding magic. It feels like home here and that's something Jed and I struggled with because we were told just a few weeks before we were getting married we were told we were the first queer uh, Jewish wedding happening in, in Scotland that was on record and that felt huge but it also felt a little uncomfortable we thought you know we're making Scotland our home and we love it here but are we allowed to kind of take that as as two people not from here originally um, and, and I've not not met any resistance in that and I've found in so many ways that the people here and just the place overall it just feels very welcoming. back to Let's Talk Weddings with Your Scottish Wedding. Today we are coming back with another real-life wedding of Han and Jen, and I'm really glad to have Han with us today. They're going to tell us about their wedding, the reason for talking about it a bit more, and a bit more about their journey. So Han, why don't you start with introducing yourself and Jen? Yeah, so I'm Han, as mentioned, um, and my partner Jen and I met well over eight years ago now uh, and we're originally from the United States and we moved to Scotland about three and a half years ago uh, and we decided to get married a year or so after that. So we uh, chose to move to Scotland because while we were dating and in undergrad we studied abroad at uh, the University of St Andrews. We really really enjoyed that time and something about Scotland and specifically St Andrews just felt very right for us. It felt like kind of a breath of fresh air. Um, So we decided when we were done our undergrad degree that we wanted to come back to this part of the world. Uh, At first we ended up moving to Dublin, Ireland for a year. And then after that, we ended up in Edinburgh. That's so lovely. And having been together for so long, I mean, go, changing countries when you're in a relationship is a massive ordeal. We, It's not just about moving house, it's getting to know a whole new culture, sometimes new languages. God know the Scots have got different ways of saying things and they think yeah. they're speaking English. They definitely aren't. Um, so how did you guys find that whole transition into making your life in Scotland? Yeah, it was a big transition and it included not just kind of moving country, but also, I suppose, transitioning from this undergraduate experience where we were dependent on the university system structure, our friends in a different way to kind of stepping into a new phase of our life, uh, kind of a professional Mm -hmm. phase and 
I'm a postgraduate student, so slightly more professional, but still very much a student. <laughs> um, it, it was it was very adventurous and sometimes very uncertain, and that was scary in moments, but but mostly it was a lot of fun. Um, it, it's always nice to do new things with Jen. I always feel like she's someone that I can turn to and offers me support. So it was nice to kind of make this big jump with her and be able to talk about all of these new, scary, exciting things together and work out what it was exactly we want our lives to look like. Hmm. So take us to that journey of proposal. Who proposed to who and what was it like? Oh, it's it's uh, always kind of a messy story to explain this. So we very much decided <laughs> to get married together. It wasn't necessarily one of us deciding or the other. It, it had been something that we talked about for a long time. So we were together several years in the United States and in Dublin. And we felt really firmly that we were each other's kind of lifelong partners. Um, we we were confused about marriage. It it feels, I know speaking to a lot of other queer people, sometimes it feels like this thing that we can now step into and claim and that feels really significant and powerful. And sometimes it feels not quite right. And that was kind of a negotiation we had for a really long time. Um, and then somewhere maybe about a year or two before we did get engaged. And I guess we got engaged in May of 2021. Um, we decided that yeah, that was something that we wanted. Um, there were some logistic reasons, like uh, as two immigrants, visas are easier. Um, it's nice to know that we have that stability. If something were to happen mm-hmm. to either of us or if we needed to, I guess, figure things out later in life, we have that that status or label of being married to each other. Um, but mostly it was also wanting to, to celebrate our love and, and gather together all these pieces from around the world that have been part of that love in different ways. Um, so we decided we wanted to get married and then we decided we wanted to both propose to each other, which was, was something that Aww. we kind of knew all along we would do. Um, yeah. And, and so we, we bought, uh, rings together. We bought kind of these matching corresponding rings from a, a jeweler called Chupi in Dublin, um, and then we ended up initially planning to do this big romantic spa hotel weekend together uh, in Edinburgh, where we do live. And we got to the hotel spa we were staying at and the spa had caught on fire. Uh, so we couldn't go oh, in. No. And, yeah. And we couldn't stay there. Um, and we we waited in the lobby for about four hours or so before it was firmly decided that no guests would be getting back upstairs into their rooms. Um, so we had our rings and we were we were dressed up. We wanted to have a nice night. Uh, and we got back to our flat and we were like, wow, is this is this a sign we shouldn't get married? Um, and we decided it wasn't. <laughs> and instead, I'm glad. <laughs> instead, both of us took our rings and letters that we wrote for each other. And uh, we, we climbed up to Edinburgh Castle and we proposed up there at like 10 30 p.m it was quite late but we decided we were doing it today and we still wanted to do it um and it's always it's always a very funny story to tell now but I like that it kind of depicts that we I think both of us and and I'm sure other couples too have had curveballs or unexpected events in our lives and we kind of always work through it together in some way that is just so touching and sweet and I am so glad you didn't see the fire as a sign (laughs) if only just like a sign of your passion more than a reason not to get married <laughs> you just burned up the spa. 
so how did you find the the wedding planning process generally yeah it was uh, a lot more structured and organized than I thought it would be um, I thought that it would feel I've never planned a wedding before and I thought it would feel very <laughs> out of control and there'd be a lot of uncertain variables and there were but I feel that each kind of vendor we turned to or each maybe box that we ticked off, it was kind of clear what was happening next. Uh, and Jen and I decided to do everything together. So there weren't really any surprises during the planning, during the wedding or on the honeymoon. Um, we, we took all of those steps and made all of those decisions together. And I think in some ways it was, I guess, very um, non-traditional in that we didn't have those like surprise first glances or moments. But during the planning process, I was really thankful because she was always kind of by my side and helping me out. And we were deciding things together and negotiating things together. It's maybe something that more couples should do. And I'm making an assumption here. I'm sure there are many, many, many couples that do it. But it does almost feel like there's been a change in the responsibilities when it comes to planning a wedding that is becoming a lot more equitable. Um, a more of a discussion point and and enjoying the journey, not just the destination of your wedding day. Yeah, yeah. The whole process in some ways kind of feels like the wedding and feels like steps into the marriage. Of course, there were so many steps into the marriage before that too, but definitely planning such a large event together and making those decisions, yeah, felt like a rite of passage maybe. And did you feel a difference from partner to fiancé and then fiancé to wives? I did. I did in some ways. So we don't consider each other wives. We consider each other um, kind of like spouse and wife. Jen's comfortable with wife, but I tend to use spouse. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say the transition from partner to fiancé did feel different in more of a social sense, maybe than an immediate in our relationship. I don't know that much within our actual relationship changed, um, but the way that we spoke to maybe others did. Uh, So we were looking for a flat, for instance, uh, during the engagement period we moved, which was another big planning event on top of the wedding. (laughs) Um, And during that process, it was different to kind of say, rather than my partner or my girlfriend, I was referring to Jen as my fiance. And in some ways, I I guess I felt that that carried more stability. And so Mm. there was definitely a social impact um, in that way. And then getting married, I think, did impact definitely socially to have that label of wife or spouse. Um, And I think it did personally as well, because it felt like kind of this tying together of our past and our future in a way that felt really meaningful. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Jen and I are Jewish and we had a non-traditional but also semi-traditional Jewish ceremony. Uh, And that Mm. felt like bringing something maybe ancestral or or social yeah. and personal together in a really powerful way. I mean, it's such a special thing what you guys did as well and really sets an example for queer couples, um, especially when it's associated to religious backgrounds as well um, or religious connotations of what that might might be like. Could you tell us a bit about that journey? So I think Jen and I, I'll speak for myself, but I I do think we've both struggled with kind of our place in that. 
Um, and I, I grew up feeling very culturally connected to being Jewish. My dad's Jewish and I have always identified that way, but I've not necessarily felt, um, that it was something I could spiritually connect to. And I think that's something I'm still negotiating with myself in ways. But when I moved to Edinburgh, I learned about the local liberal Jewish community here. And it felt like a place where I could bring a lot of different pieces of myself and identities together. And it felt like I could kind of enter into this maybe spiritual, definitely cultural experience that tied together ancestry for me and the ways that I saw myself and and my life Uh, and kind of being able to step into that community, become part of that community and become close with different members, especially the rabbi, Mark Solomon, who was our officiant. Um, It felt like Jen and I could step into being a couple and a married couple in almost this community driven sense too, which was really, Mm. it meant a lot. It felt more like we were making Scotland our home too, because this is a new home for us. And it, it's really important that of um, distinguishing cultural religion versus spiritual religion, because when you do grow up in where the majority of people around you are a certain religion, there are things that you will do that are actually more cultural implications rather than spiritual ones. Yes. Yeah. And and being Jewish is definitely always a negotiation of what aspects of my Jewish identity <laughs> and Judaism are spiritual versus what are cultural versus what can't really be torn apart from the other yeah yeah exactly so do you feel that you guys had more of an uphill battle when it came to planning a wedding or just a different battle yeah I think it mostly felt I don't want to say easy like there were definitely some hurdles and definitely um one of the hardest things was trying to find a ceremony location because we were being quite picky and we looked at so many (laughs) And it took a really long time for something to kind of feel right. But in terms of being queer and being Jewish, especially, we felt relatively safe in Scotland. Like there were there were certainly moments where it felt hard when I was looking for um, what I wore, like my my shirt and my trousers. Sometimes in gendered spaces, I felt uncomfortable, like I didn't know whether to exist, exist in the men's gendered spaces or the women's. And I often would get strange looks or maybe questions, but I didn't feel at any point that it was something that we couldn't do. And and I attribute a lot of that to kind of the culture in Scotland. Like we got lots of questions from different people at the different venues, different caterers, things like that about being Jewish or being queer, but often in a friendly, well-intentioned way. Um, yeah, and, and <laughs> a curiosity in, rather. <laughs> yeah, yeah, curiosity and almost a, a wanting to get it right, especially around the venue and having uh, what's called a chuppah, like a, a traditional kind of um, awning that we get married under, um, things like that, like just trying to accommodate us in, in most ways. Um, and that felt meaningful to Jen and I because we grew up in the U.S. and We've heard lots of horror stories personally and in the news about people not being able to access certain venues or buy cakes or shop in certain places because of their queer identity and their queer marriage. And and that felt scary going into it. Uh, and we were really thankful mm. to be doing most of that in Scotland, where it felt much safer overall. I'm so glad to hear that. And I've certainly felt that in Scotland, uh, as you guys can hear, I'm also not from Scotland, um, that 
they are very welcoming but they also you know where you stand with a Scottish person like if they don't like you they will tell you and that's okay <laughs> um as opposed to it being hidden but I found Scottish people to generally just be very open and curious and mm. actually some of the least um how do I say this what's the word judgmental I suppose they're honest mm. and there's a difference between judgmental versus just saying your opinion and they're very good at that um, but I think for me, they still have a very strong tie to the pagan ancestral um, part of their identity with um, the holidays that they still have throughout the year and just in yeah. ways that they do things. So I wonder if, um, and this is me just guessing here, I wonder if that their connection to um, to paganism and the old school way of doing things and it just being part of the society rather than being strictly said this is the religion or whatever um yeah. if that kind of helps them be a bit more open and welcoming to people that are different i don't know i don't have the answer <laughs> no i'm not sure i mean that definitely could be the case i i found scotland in more than ways than one to be very uh welcoming it, it feels like home yeah here and that's something Jed and I struggled with because we were told just a few weeks before we were getting married we were told we were the first queer uh Jewish wedding happening in in Scotland that was on yeah, record yeah. and that felt huge but it also felt a little uncomfortable we thought you know we're making Scotland our home and we love it here but are we allowed to kind of take that as as two people not from here originally um and and I've not not met any resistance in that and I've found in so many ways that the people here and just the place overall it just feels very welcoming it's more like it's thank you for choosing us rather than why did you take this away from us it's thank you for yeah. choosing us as your place to do this yeah, yeah yeah that is the sense that's so beautiful so tell me about your highlights of the wedding itself what yeah. did you love what what would you change what would you do differently and and what turned out exactly the way you expected yeah oh it was all such a like it was a blur and it was so amazing in so many ways it just <laughs> felt like so many things went right um and one of the things that went wrong happened at the very beginning of the day um so we had we had a wedding crew so we didn't have like bridesmaids and groomsmen we wanted to Jen and I have mostly mutual friends um and we wanted to kind of have this wedding crew together that didn't necessarily have to be gendered um and we had a few people from the wedding crew help us set up for the ceremony in the morning, the day of the ceremony, we all woke up early and spent like two hours setting it all up. Um, and while we were kind of collecting things from cars and bringing them into the the venue, uh, Jen was carrying one of the bases for the chuppah. So again, the chuppah is like this awning and it had four um, pots with concrete and poles in it. Um, <laughs> And as she was trying to carry it in, she dropped it and the ceramic pot broke into all of these little pieces. Oh, and no. It was awful. And it's not it's not something you can quickly remake. Like you have to put cement in it and let it dry. And we were both I, I think I found it a little uh funny because it was just like, oh, how could this happen? But Jen was heartbroken. 
Um, and our friends very quickly grabbed up all the pieces. A few friends ran to a local hardware store, uh, bought super glue, and they spent 30 minutes super gluing and holding it together and like piecing it back together. Oh, sweet. <laughs> and that pole ended up in the back of the chuppah and we covered it, all of them, in like garland and flowers and all of these different uh, pieces of decor. And you couldn't tell, uh, but it felt like almost like this, okay, we've gotten the the hard thing out of the way. This is done now. The rest of the day. <laughs> and it really did after that. <laughs> I guess one nightmare, like one heart attack, and then everything else feels easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I guess some of the, the most significant or the, the most special parts of the day for me, I think when we walked down the aisle, so Jenna and I decided to walk down the aisle uh, each alone. And after our wedding crew members walked down the aisle um, and I walked first and Jen walked after me. And, you know, as a non-binary person, I don't always know what customs I want applied and what I don't. And it allowed me to kind of create a lot of new traditions or rebuild things maybe I didn't want um, or did want. And I didn't know whether or not people were going to stand up when I walked down. And I hadn't even considered it, so I hadn't made my preference clear. Um, so when I started to walk down the aisle, everyone just stood up and turned. And that was a really beautiful thing for me. It kind of, Aww. you can see my my face in the video of the, the ceremony. I kind of like gasp and I'm smiling. Um, and it just, it felt really remarkable to look out at the faces of all of the people I love. And people were crying and smiling and it felt really, really meaningful to me that they would all come here and celebrate me and Jen and our love. Um, so that that was a huge highlight. And probably one of the next biggest highlights was then turning around and watching Jen do it. Um, it was really amazing to like have oh, that, that moment. So special. Yeah, it was like that moment of reflection while I was watching her walk down and I had just done it to, to think about all the places physically, emotionally we'd been and, and how we got to this place together. Um, and, and the ceremony in general just felt really reflective. Um, our rabbi spoke a lot about both of us personally in our relationship, and he knows us really well, and that felt really meaningful. Um, and then, of course, afterwards, the, the party, the dinner, that, that was so much fun. It was great to have all the people we love in one place and have a great band and just be able to celebrate. That sounds so special. And I can feel the goosebumps of you just talking about it. I can feel the goosebumps going all over. Yes. So after the wedding, what was life like and, and how did your honeymoon go? Yeah, so we didn't really return to life right away because we ended up going to Portugal for, for a week. Um, and it was really nice to be there. We often when we travel, um, well, we didn't travel during the pandemic. So it's been a while since we'd really been traveling. And before that, we were often doing kind of adventurous uh, city breaks, things like that. And so we spent a week, I don't know if you can hear my cat chirping in the background, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but we spent a week in a resort uh, with a views of the sea, just kind of relaxing, eating, swimming, having a really um, much needed, I would say, week after such a big event and being able to process and reflect on everything that had happened. Uh, it was really nice to just disappear almost together for a week and, and reflect on that. Yeah. And what has life been like since then, a year down? Yeah. yeah, it's mostly been like how it was before the wedding in lots of ways. I suppose in, in other ways it has changed quite a bit. Um, 
were both kind of where we were in terms of Jen working full time and me being a student. Um, we spent a lot of time with our friends. We spent a lot of time with our cat. We, we unfortunately, we actually lost um, our other cat earlier in the year. And that was really hard. Oh. So it's been, we reflect a lot on the, the phrase that, you know, the first year of marriage is the hardest. And for us, that's what stands out is that losing our cat was really hard and he got sick quite suddenly. So we've been through quite a few ups and downs together in this first year. Um, and I guess in some ways it, it has felt different than it did before. And I think a lot of that has to do with kind of the permanence of being married. I feel very safe in my relationship with Jen and I feel like she's kind of just always there for me. Yeah. And do you still feel the impact of being the first Jewish career wedding? Yeah, I think I think it's something that we talk about a little less now because there were so many articles and things coming out when it first happened that felt really powerful in, in our lives. Um, and I suppose I haven't really thought about it as much in the last few months, but it does feel really significant. And especially not just being the first queer Jewish wedding as like separate identities, but yeah, the integration of those two things and how meaningful can be to be part of a religious community and be queer. Um, I hope that we can kind of continue to, yeah, really bring both of those identities into different spaces. Hmm. What advice would you give couples that are in similar situations to you? Yeah. You mean being queer, being Jewish, or maybe being some kind of religious minority in general? Or religious minority, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I would say to lean on each other a lot, especially if you both understand what you're going through. It was it was really helpful to have someone that was also queer and Jewish kind of going through it with me. Um, but I would say, you know, having that support system, like your partner, maybe like your friends or your family to lean on and talk to about things felt really significant. Um, and, and, you know, being bold and, and trying things is really exciting and can pay off, but it's also really important to be safe and maybe trusting your, your instinct or your gut about what feels right and what doesn't. I mean, at the end of the day, it's your day. So what feels most comfortable, fun, exciting, insert whatever it is you're looking for here, that's, <laughs> that's what matters most. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? Hmm. Um, I appreciate the opportunity to kind of come and be here and it's so exciting to be part of the first marriage that was queer and Jewish in Scotland and it's really nice to take part in different publications and different organizations that are creating spaces for me, my voice and for Jen's voice as well. That feels really meaningful so thank you. Thank you. It takes a lot of guts and a lot of courage to speak up about these things and be a voice and, and be a, a stable place for people to go to for advice. Yeah. So I, I applaud you and Jen for taking this leap and, and being open about it as well and sharing your story because even if you do feel like you're in a safe country in a safe space, it's still scary because you yeah. still, until you do something that's new, yeah. you don't know what the reactions are going to be like and, and what the impacts of those will be. So the fact that you guys decided to to bet on your love for each other and that things would go well and you'd get through anything no matter what was thrown at you is admirable and something that any couple can take from it no matter what their orientation or gender is 
Yeah, yeah. And I think it's important to note that this was our experience and it overall was really positive. But there's lots of other experiences out there, even in Scotland, that, that might not be as positive. So it's really significant to, to be having these conversations. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Han, for taking the time to speak with me today. And I'm excited for our listeners to hear this. And guys, don't forget to go on the website and check out the story, look at the pictures, look back on the magazines, because it's all there to be viewed. And it's, it's nice to be able to catch up with you after the fact and see how you guys have been since. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That's it from us on Let's Talk Weddings with Your Scottish Wedding. Don't forget to listen and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like to be featured on next week's story, get in touch with sales at yourscottishwedding.co.uk.